When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sky Sport commentator, one of New Zealand's best ever juniors, Lee Radovanovic, joins us on the programme. Evening to you, Lee. Welcome. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. How was your first day in the commentary box? Did you enjoy the experience? No, it did. A little bit different from the radio days. Uh, timing's a little bit different, and you've got to sort of say more sometimes and say less sometimes compared to uh, the old radio commentary. But, yeah. Very enjoyable, different, but great. Loved it. And what did you make of the standard of play on day one? I mean, it's always good. There's no bad players here, whether it be qualifying or the main draw. Everybody's good. Everybody's money. Everybody's a competitor. Um, as you know, that's one of the hardest sports in the world. There's only a hundred jobs in tennis. Anybody outside the top hundred is losing money. So um, very, very good today. Well, let me just I'll pull that back a little bit. The first match. Um, with Constant Matissian and Pedro Cachin from Argentina that had the potential to be quite a good match, but the Argentinian just didn't quite pick up his game and change his tactics when he needed to. Um, but Matissian was very, very impressive. Great defensive backhand on him, and tactically he was really good. He'd obviously done his homework on his opponent and came in with a specific set of tactics to slow up and change up the pace of the ball and that induced quite a lot of unforced errors off the forehand of the Argentinian, and that basically cost him the match. He outthought him, didn't outhit him. He outthought him. Quite cool to see. Very intelligent player. And you said Cashin failed to adapt, failed to change his game. So what did he need to do in a situation like that, knowing that uh, Lestian had done his homework on him? Well, he was down the set in a break, and he was being quite passive as a just okay to sort of keep rallying from the back of the quarter to see what happens. He never really at any point, apart from one or two points here and there, never got on the front foot, never really attacked and t- tried to change sort of the flow of the game. He was he was allowing his opponent to play him as opposed to him being the one that dominated at all. There were little spurts where he made a comeback and um, two or three points, he'd be aggressive, get forward and put the pressure on, and then he'd revert back to being passive. And that sort of lack of, perhaps you call it killer instinct, that lack of being able to be aggressive consistently, point after point, and take some risks, cost him the match. Mm. We saw uh, David Goffin of Belgium take on Alexander Bublik of, um, I think he is from Kazakhstan. Is he, is he Kazakhstan? Uh, Goffin winning that one, 6-3, 6-4. Did that go to script? Not really, no. You'd expect Bublik to win that. Uh, big raps on him, and he's kind of kind of known as an entertainer. Uh, it was a really sort of up-and-down, mentally an up-and-down performance from Bublik. He's six foot five, and he consistently serves 220k an hour, which is so fast, which means just put yourself... You and your listeners, put yourself on the court. You're returning a 220k serve. If you, and you're a right-hander. If you lean towards your left thinking it's going to go to your backhand, but it goes to your forehand, you don't have time to adjust. It's coming at you that fast. But he didn't serve that well. He only sort of won about 63 to 64% of his first serve 
when they went in, and that was really the difference. He had his serve broken six times, which is kind of crazy for a guy who can serve 220 k's an hour. Goffin, on the other hand, he's a veteran, one of five guys, four guys, to beat Nadal and Federer consecutively in the same event. That was in 2007 which is a pretty amazing feat. But I really enjoyed this, Mark, because it was kind of like the big guy against the little guy. Bublik, big serve, big forehand, but very slow around the court. And Gaffin, he's smaller, skillful, worked the ball. He changed the pace and the height of the ball and really tried to expose the weakness of Bublik, which is his movement out wide to his forehand and his backhand. So it was kind of a really smart, intelligent performance. Um, it was a really, really good one, actually. It was, it was fun to watch. Mm. It, cool. And then this afternoon's game, we saw the number three seed knocked out, uh, Fabio Fognini, getting beaten by the American Jensen Brooksby. Uh, Fognini winning the first set 7-6, but then losing the next two sets 6-1-6-3. Yeah, Fognini, he's a bit of an enigma. Super talented guy. He's a stroke maker. He can hit any shot from anywhere. But he's also also a bit of a nutcase. Um, you know, he's he's known to tank from time to time, and he did that a little bit out there today. He'll give it 100% for four or five games, and then he'll have a crack at the referee, he'll have a crack at the linesman, he'll spray a couple of balls around. He's just sort of up and down like a yo-yo. Um, so that was a normal performance from him, amazing and then pathetic at the same time. Mm-hmm. Jensen Brooksby, on the other hand, first time I've seen him play, and he's it's hard to describe him as... Technically, he's not out of the textbook. He kind of wouldn't teach some of the things, some of the ways that he's hitting the ball, but he's very scrappy and a fighter and a bit awkward to play. When I was watching that, I thought, oh, this guy's tough. He's awkward. He's putting the ball in some awkward spots. And he's just a bit, he's a niggly sort of player. And there was a bit of niggle between the two, actually. There was a little bit of chat going on back and forth, which was quite fun. Uh, but Brooksby, was, he was tough. He was just grinding away, and I think he felt that if he just kept the ball on the court, kept fighting, kept working, that Fognini would fold in the end, and that's what happened. Mm. Okay, on centre court at the moment, we've got the New Zealander Kiran Palpanu taking on the veteran Richard Gasquet. It has currently gone to serve. It's tied up at three games each. The young Kiwi, or the Kiwi who's ranked about 500 places below Gasquet, how does he play this one? I mean, it's tough. You know, like this is the biggest match of his career, and I've been there myself, that's really difficult to play on this court. Um, it's not a bad draw, to be honest with you, for Panu, because Gasquet, he's a household name, he's been around forever, uh, but he's 36, and he's not the player that he once was, he can't be at 36. He's not going to blow Panu off the court, so I think early on in this one, it's given Panu the chance just to get into the match, because he's not pressured, or doesn't have the lack of time and space because the ball's not coming to him that fast. With all Kiwis, Mark, as you know, you've been around the tournament heaps. It's mental. Can they adjust to the pressure? Can they get in there and compete? Can they forget that they're on the big home tournament, that this is the biggest match of the year for them? Can they get in there and fight? Yeah, fascinating. Well, fingers crossed. Wouldn't it be nice to start the new year with a sense of nationalism and give New Zealand tennis a point of view, maybe outside of doubles. So um, what can we look forward to tomorrow on day two of the tournament? So I think we can look forward to quite a bit of rain. <laughs> Big John Isner on court. We might have to go indoors. Yeah, he, he's on uh, first up on centre court. And remarkably, here's a stat for you. 
over 13,000 aces on the ATP tour in his career. Wow. That's amazing. And, and he's 37 now, so he's almost as old as you. And he's, he's still out there, still hitting big serves, still got the big forehand going. And we've got our uh, previous champion as well, Ugo Humbier. He's playing Christopher Eubanks of the United States. Six Americans in the tournament, six young Americans, and they're all really, really good. Six French players as well. So big day tomorrow. I wouldn't say there's a sort of a, a huge feature that'll come on Wednesday when all the big guns come out to play. But mm. um, weather not looking great tomorrow. And so what does that mean? We go indoors. Does that, the indoor setup, does that mean any spectators? What does that mean from a television coverage point of view? Um, not ideal. You know, there's sort of three courts back there in that dome, and I, I've got it set up now because they had to for last week for the women's because it was, you know, raining so much. It's difficult. I think they've got one camera back there, no spectators allowed. So if it does get rained out tomorrow, I, I couldn't tell you what the cutoff might be that when they decide to go indoors, they may well leave it until Wednesday. Um, and sort of pack some of the outdoor courts. But if they do go inside, it's not ideal. It's not a great spectacle for uh, spectators. The players don't love it. They want to be out there. They want to be playing in front of the fans because it's a really nice atmosphere here at ASB Stadium. I, I, I know you've been there a million times. It's a fun atmosphere. Players mm. like playing out there. They don't want to be back in the indoor courts. Mm. Uh, Lee, I just noticed on social media too that you uh, were very lucky to interview world number two, Casper Rude. You also, what, I think had a little bit of a hit. Did you did you beat him in straight sets? Well, he just asked me to tune him up a little bit. I tune know? him up, okay. You tune him up, yep, yep. No, all good. Yep. Uh, Jesse Ryder asked me, yeah. wants to tune him up too in a boxing ring, yeah. <laughs> no, he just came up to me and said, oh, like I heard you can hit a couple of balls. Can you just tighten my game up a little bit because I want to win the league. No, no, I was doing a, a, a Yonix uh, promotional day for uh, playersports.co.nz. And, you know, he was a really, really lovely guy. He's number three in the world. He lost in the final of the French Open last year. He lost in the final of the US Open. And we were there with 20 kids and maybe 20 adults, and he was hitting balls with everybody, signing autographs, um, signing hats and things. And actually had a hit with my, my six-year-old, which was very nice of him. And then um, I got the call up to hit with him for about, I don't know, seven or eight minutes. And um, we were just sort of stroking the ball back and forth for about five minutes, looking good. And then he started to pick up the pace and test me a little bit. And that's why I started to, to sweat bullets a little bit. But <laughs> interestingly, and I was, trying, I was trying to make sure that people didn't realize I was sweating so much and like out of, out of breath. You know how it is. Yeah. Um, interestingly, he said to me he's had 70 clay court wins and he doesn't love being called a clay court specialist. He thinks he's more of an all-court player. Yeah. He's won nine titles on clay. And he's made the final of the US Open, so yes, he can play on hard court. So it came across to me that he's really keen to win this tournament and win the Australian Open. He said to me that he's, even though he's number three in the world, he's dying to be number one in the world, which is cool. You know, He's already number three, but he's desperate mm-hmm. to get to number one. But what a great experience for you, mate, to come back and be able to hit with the world number three player. I mean, you probably wouldn't have thought about that six, seven months ago. No, I'm usually on the golf course. I don't rest. I didn't really hit tennis balls anymore. So I was a bit rusty. To be honest with you, between you and I, I was a little bit nervous. Oh, you're allowed to be. Hey, look, I was up running right in the forest opposite the um, golf course at Muraway, mate. Came across a couple of golf balls with your name on it. And I thought, oh, yeah, that'll be Radovanovic. That would have been the famous shank. <laughs> I know, I just hit him out in the middle. I play old man golf, Mark. Fairways and greens. There you go. Elite Radovanovic, lovely to have you on the program, mate. Thank you for the update and all the best tomorrow with your call. Yeah.
좋겠어요. 네, 이거.